0: to the Gastroenteritis Blues, my name is Steve Lippman. joined as always by Emily Cannell, Dan Vopone, and a very special guest, uh, I believe his third time uh, on the podcast, uh, fan favorite, and one of our good friends, uh, deputy editor at Billboard, uh, and he writes at writes Ricky Sanchez, uh, not only about the Sixers, but also about the Phillies, uh, Andrew Unterberger, Uh, A.U., thank you for being here. And first, let me just get your temperature check to get this out of the way on the Phillies, uh, who are uh, tied right now 1-1 with the Braves. Uh, Didn't score any runs uh, in Game 2. How do you feel as the series goes back to Philadelphia? And uh, like I said, welcome to the pod.
1: Oh, first off, of course, thanks for having me again. It's, a, it's always a, a pleasure to be on with you all. And I'm impressed that you, you still have my title. Do you still have that like, written down from last time? I don't even know if that's on the internet every, anywhere. So oh, it's, I, it's all
0: on the internet because I oh, okay. took it right at it. I plagiarized it from your Twitter bio.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Well, there we go. Uh, but, Phillies, yeah, no. Uh, well, first off, I think I'm like basically forbidden from writing about them again now that like the Sixers are back. I think this like, <laughs> kind of tolerated it as long as like there was just nothing going on in the offseason. It was great, though. I, I loved it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm I'm glad that that someone was reading them. I wasn't wasn't totally sure there, but uh, a temperature check. I mean, do I think they're going to win this series? Probably not. Baseball is weird and the playoffs are are pretty random, so I I, I hesitate to make any sort of authoritative uh, prediction in either direction. Uh, They've already like I, like, I'm good with, with, with the Phillies at this point. They could lose the next two games. I'm totally happy. Like I, I thought they would get demolished by St. Louis. I'm still not quite sure how they won that series. I think some sort of weird karmic balance in the universe was shifted by that bizarre ninth inning. I, I don't know. The, the Cardinals just kind of deserved it, I think is what happened there uh, for 2011, probably a lot of other stuff yes. since. Uh, going into the playoffs, I, I said uh, win or lose, I just hope that uh, Nola, Wheeler, and Harper don't embarrass themselves and I think that they're out of that territory at this point they, they, you know, obviously, you know, Wheeler didn't have the greatest sixth inning last night, but, or yeah, last night. Uh, but he was still pretty dominant up until that point. I think most people agree that he would have gotten out of that inning if, if Reese had made the play at first uh, and he was brilliant the start before that Nola was brilliant, his first start. And obviously in that last game against the Astros, he was in probably the best he's ever pitched uh, and Harper, even even Bryce is kind of getting off the schneid he had a, oh, you know, yeah. Homer, he had, he had a couple extra base hit games. Like uh, I'm, I'm very happy with how the team has played. It's something to build on, I guess. Uh, but I don't even really care about that. I cared about them making the playoffs. I cared about them not having an embarrassing collapse uh, for like the eighth straight season in September. And I cared about the, their, their big guys showing up uh, so, and so far they have. And so I'm, 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 I'm cool as a cucumber here. I'm, I'm good to go.
0: Yeah. Just quickly. I know we have a lot of stuff to get to this episode, Emily and Dan, where are you at? Where are you feeling uh, things leaning with the Phillies right now? uh on on one hand I do think uh Atlanta is the better team on the other hand I kind of refuse to let them lose this series you know uh Reese hasn't gotten a hit uh Kyle Schwarber hasn't gotten a hit um JT hasn't hit the ball well like you know these things are
1: sometimes because
0: they're batting one two and three so it's
2: you know, I, it's
1: like, I, can, can I interject real quick here? I'm, I'm sorry. I know I've already said my piece here. The, the thing about this team that does drive me insane and, and will drive me into insane until their last at bat in this playoffs is, is Schwarber batting first, which has not made yeah. sense since May, maybe like maybe even before that, maybe never, uh, I, I I sort of understand that you kind of don't want to mess with what's working, but it also really wasn't working for most of the season uh and there there's like no logical explanation for it he's not a high on base guy he doesn't really work at bats that well and at this point he he doesn't even like i mean he's, hit, he's hitting for power sometimes but not all the time when he's not he's not hitting for much else and when he is he's hitting solo homers which is not what you want from your power guys so right. i i it's it that that mets series where where schwarber was out and stott was hitting lead off like it was like okay that's the answer to this question have stott hit lead off he was great in that series he's he seems like a sort of prototypical leadoff guy uh I, I obviously where we're sort of a lost cause for this season. I, I pray that, that this doesn't bleed into next year and it, it can, right. It, that, that, that doesn't make sense to anybody, if I don't think.
0: No, I mean, Topper even said today that he's sticking with, with, uh, uh, Schwarber and Reese at the top of the lineup. Now part of me is thinking like, he, he just wants to stick with his guys and not tell his guys like you're struggling and I need to bump you down to sixth and seventh or whatever. And, I guess part of me is thinking like he doesn't want to take these guys who are struggling and bump to, like knock off whatever's even left of their confidence. And it's like, okay, I guess I'll take that. But also part of being a manager right now is in like within series adjustments, which might mean putting Gene and Stott in the one and two and in, in whatever order you like. So, uh, yeah, I, I obviously I would rather have those two guys not up there, and but you know who knows maybe he has the secret sauce and this is like the boat of confidence they need to get it going in Philly. I, I don't know, uh, but I, I certainly hope they get off the schneid, or I just hope that the the others are enough to to carry them through in Philly with with people going insane. And uh, so yeah, Dan and Emily, how are you feeling right now uh, with the series heading back to Philadelphia?
2: I mean, I'm just excited that you know. They're getting to play home uh, a home playoff game. Uh, I definitely w- that was not something I was taking for granted coming into the postseason. Even once they made it, because they're going to have to win that Cardinal series. They were not favored, um, but yeah, I mean, I the tickets are too expensive for me. I would have liked to go if they were cheaper, but it is what it is. Um, I'm still excited for. It. I'm excited for the game tomorrow. Um, I think AU is like kind of right on with how I'm feeling in that like it's not really the end of the world if they don't win because this is the furthest they've made in a really long time. And yeah. there's something to that. I would like to see, you know, I've always been a a Reese guy. Not that I've been like following the Phil's closely for the last six years because they've been horrible, but you know, I've been, a, when I, when I, you know, you know, take the time to watch the games. I, I, I do like Reese. He's really struggled, I would like to see him, you know, get it together a little bit. Um, but the, the starting pitching has been really good for the most part. Um, I think as good as you could ask. Um, and, you know, it hurts to not have Robertson right now. And and that probably scares me more than anything at this point.
0: Um, very Sixers injury from him, but uh, I mean, yeah. How, I, old, how old is this guy? Jesus Christ. He's uh, <laughs> he jumped once and he yeah. was like, I got to take yeah, a few tough. days off. I don't know. So <laughs> well, I'm excited. I mean, basically like the, yeah, the, I'm sure the
2: Braves, the, the Braves won the world series last year and, you know, they're, we're on fire this year and they're like, yeah, they're I'm sure they're the better team, but anything can happen. It's a best of three at this point, right. For, yeah. for the rest and the Phils have two home games. So, um, you know, Citizens Bank Park is going to be electric and uh, I'm excited. Like, who knows, you never know at this point, it, you never know it, anything can happen.
1: Do we know for a fact that Citizens Bank Park is going to be electric? Cause I think it, it really hasn't be. been so far this season.
2: Yeah. But I've seen the ticket prices for so far this season versus today, and I figure if you're paying all that to go, you better bring some energy. Make one of these a dollar dog night. I mean, I don't care how we get oh, there. Oh, I would just, love that. Just make it a dollar dog night. Get these psychos for, in
0: there. I don't care.
2: The cheapest ticket for Friday's game is like $240. Like, come what? on. I'm not, what? What yeah. am I, made of money? Maybe I can't go to that. that game. Yeah. You
3: could get into Atlanta for like eight, though.
2: Like I'll <laughs> I'll walk down South Street and pick any bar on any corner and I'll have a great time. I don't have to pay two hundred forty dollars to go to that game.
3: I think it was cheaper to fly to Atlanta and go to a game there <laughs> than it is to go to a game in Citizens Bank Park. Not even kidding.
2: It was like fairly low energy those first couple of games, I will say, in Atlanta.
3: Yeah. Um, um,
0: um, all right, before we get to the Sixers, Emily, uh, where are you at?
3: um i'm excited i think at the very least i think it goes five because i think that we've got to take at least one of these at home Mm -hmm. i don't think they're going to win both of them i wouldn't be surprised if we lose the series but i think it's going to be i think we've got to win one of these games at home i would probably think it'd be this next one because nola's kind of been on fire um i really hope that reese gets it going i think he's like made good contact he had that like hard line drive to like third base on in game one. He had like a couple deep balls that he just hit like right at people in game two. I just think it's like a minor tweaks. I think he's close, so hopefully he can get it going in game three. Um, My guy, Sir Anthony Dominguez, is like on his shit. I like am obsessed with him. And he's just like an animal out there and I love him to death, so he keeps doing that. I mean, pitching wise... No, we're looking pretty good for game three, right? Yeah. yeah. So hopefully we can to to see what happens out of and see what yeah. happens.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. Well, A.U., we've enlisted you to help us preview the Sixers season, which begins on Tuesday. Um, uh, the news of the day, recording this on Tuesday. We're now uh, recording and releasing on Thursdays. Uh, welcome to Gastro on Thursdays. Um, uh, the news of the day is that the Sixers, well, the other day, the Sixers cut Trevor and Queen. Goodbye. The Queen died this year, and then the Sixers cut Trevel and Queen. Uh, and then they cut Charles Bassey, who was a uh, thumbs up, th- thumbs down guy in terms of challenges. They cut Isaiah Joe. People had a meltdown. Absolutely. Everybody loves Isaiah Joe or the idea of Isaiah Joe, whichever one, it's just as good to me. Um, they cut him and everybody's mad. Sure, I don't go ahead and get mad, but I'm down. Whatever you want to do. Uh, also, recently they signed Mac McClung, who I think is famous on Instagram. I don't know anything else about him, but he's white and dunks. I, that's all I got. If you guys have anything else, try in. Uh, and Patrick McCall, who has a lot of championship rings, uh, and they're going to play in the Delaware uh, on the blue coats. They're, they're not going to play for the team. So that's it the the only thing really to talk about would be i guess Bassie and isaiah joe i didn't see a real path to minutes for Bassie, especially after they signed Harold. and i know that they like people at least somewhat you know i guess i guess we'll see that's a famous last word sort of thing um but isaiah joe i i would have i know you know so they're going to carry 14 rostered guys into the year and now they're like 5 million under the apron i glaze over when people talk about the apron um, i'm out if they want to talk about that but you know i sort of would have rather just kept isaiah joe on the roster in case people get injured and and you know he is at least an outline of somebody who could help i'm also just not really worked up about isaiah joe because he didn't hit enough threes for me to feel like he's definitely good and you know whenever he played in summer league or preseason though he certainly looked like he could play so you know um i don't begrudge anyone who's upset about it because it seems like a fun thing to get upset about so i i also i i i say go with god if you're upset about it too so i i've got no problem with that either um emily any thoughts on uh charles bassey and isaiah joe departing uh kyle newbeck did say that they want isaiah joe back on a two-way i would doubt that um charles bassey i think probably wants to get the fuck as far away from philadelphia as possible i think that he sort of came here kicking and screaming after that after they took him with like the 54th pick i think he didn't want to come here at all and then they got him here and he barely played so i think he's didn't it take uh, him
3: like eight years to sign it took contract? him forever
0: it, it took him longer to get here than brett brown so yeah no he's he's not gonna he's he'll never be back here again um so what do you think about Bassie and Isaiah joe uh, leaving town
3: um I don't really care either way i'm sad i can't use isaiah joan the most likely game anymore because was like yes. a surefire winner for me every time right um but yeah i don't i didn't don't didn't think either of them were going to get a ton of minutes or play any meaningful time um and i'm fine having a roster spot and like some wiggle room on the roster um we're just so much deeper than like that would have, Isaiah Joe getting cut last year would have been like unfathomable because there was like six people on the team that could play minutes and you just like rotate them around. But the team is so much deeper this year that it doesn't really phase me.
0: Hmm. Um, AU, I believe that you are at least somewhat of an Isaiah Joe guy, or at least were. Talk to me about how you're feeling today. Has it been a long day for you? Uh, we're recording this a bit late. Did you take a nap? How do you feel?
1: No, I, I mean, look, I I am an Isaiah Joe guy, and I think it's fair to say that if this is, like, the thing we're the most upset about this offseason, then I think it's been a pretty successful offseason, so I'm yeah. not going to get, like, too fire and brimstone about it. Uh, but the the thing that always sort of tweaks me about Daryl Morey, who you know, we can all agree is probably one of the best GMs in the league and certainly one of the best the Sixers have had, the thing that really separates him from Sam Hinkie, in my mind and not in such a good way, I don't think, is that he has a, a weirdly, like, Don't sweat the small stuff attitude a lot of the time. Uh, Like, I remember he was on the uh, the rest of Sanchez when they were getting ready to sign DeAndre Jordan. Yes, and they were sort of he was sort of laughing at spike for like caring about that 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 spot. And it's like, oh, well, you know, it's not really going to matter. It's like, well, it might matter a little bit. If, you know, if Joel Embiid gets hurt and you have to play your first two games in Miami and you're starting DeAndre Jordan playing him 20 minutes a night, it might matter a little bit. And, it, you know, yeah. uh, again, Isaiah Joe, not the end of the world. Uh, Charles Bassett, certainly not the end of the world. Uh, but they're two guys who would probably have had value to some team, if not to the Sixers. It kind of sucks to lose them for absolutely nothing. Uh, and I, I still do hold out hope that Isaiah Joe will be a, a real pro uh i do have to kind of give him the 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 mickey moniac treatment which is to say that like he has chances he really did have his chances and he failed to take advantage of any of them uh the last couple seasons every time he got sort of the 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 opportunity for spot minutes he did not capitalize on those minutes and you know you don't get eternal opportunities as a second rounder or undrafted pick so fair enough I'm not going to like read Daryl the riot act for it, but I do wish he cared a little bit more about some of these sort of marginal moves and guys that he ends up just losing for nothing. Like like Zaire Smith when traded him to the Pistons for, I don't even remember what. but Tony the, Bradley,
0: the, yeah.
1: Oh, is that what it was? Jeez. He yeah, at least uh, did get a player. All right, that, that, that's a player yeah. at least. But yeah, <laughs> a, a lot of moves like these that are like real, real down ballot sort of moves in the first place. But I, I wish maybe a little more care was put into them.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that uh, Emily's, Emily's point is a good one, that it would have been nice to see Joe get a bit more of a look, and, and this is more of a, a doc thing, that he didn't get a bit of a longer leash, especially when Matisse was sort of hapless last year, and, and you just give some of those minutes uh, to Joe, who ha- has shown some defensive promise and can, you know, take shots and, and be in the right place offensively, but, um, you know, it would have been nice to do something with him Um, but yeah, to just, to just wave him is a bit of a bummer here. Uh, Dan, where are you at on, uh, these two moves? Yeah. I mean,
2: Charles Bassey is like a pretty bad NBA player, so that's fine. Like whatever. Um, I was a little surprised and disappointed to see Joe let go. Um, I mean, for one, he's just very handsome and I think, you know, more importantly, I, I, I saw it with him. I didn't think he was ready, but, like, there were times it felt like he was close to being ready. Um, but to be fair, like, he did never show that he was really ready to contribute, you know, meaningfully when you get down to, you know, a playoff game and, like, being an important piece there. And I, I, my, my reaction is kind of to defer to Daryl here, um, because I think that, I think that this is what le- I, and I do agree with AU that I I wish there were more caretaken in end of roster moves and i think we saw some great players that you know i think he was able to get from these end of roster um you know basically tryouts um but i i think that the reality is more than saying something about isaiah joe this is a cat move um and while i i mean like i understand i could explain to you you know what the apron is and and where the Sixers are in relation to it, and why it matters, but I can't tell you why it matters in terms of getting an extra 1.8 million below it, and what that opens up for them. I'm sure Daryl has his eyes on certain players as it comes down to going to the trade deadline, and who he thinks he has a chance at, and maybe he thinks that for some of these guys, that 1.8 million makes a difference, Um, and for that reason, I'm just kind of I'm going to defer to him there because I haven't like taken the look to see like, who can they get? Who can they not get if they keep Joe versus they don't keep Joe and who else do they have to give? I mean, obviously the other argument is that maybe Joe can become an outgoing salary in a trade maybe has some value somewhere else. And I get that side of it, but I think at that point you're getting a little complicated for even like for my own tax understanding, which is um, certainly not, you know, among among the most elite of our uh, tax experts at liberty baller is a pretty basic understanding here so um yeah i i i like to i like to say that i i think this is part of a larger plan and not just a you know isaiah joe stinks thing because i think I isaiah joe does not stink and i think you know ideally you could have gotten a second form or something and maybe you could have and maybe maybe that's a criticism of daryl um as you know i'm not afraid to say bad things about Daryl, but um, in this case, I, 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 I don't know. I, th- I th- I'm, I'm hoping that there's, that there's just something deeper here in, in, in terms of
0: cap reasons to cut him because I, as a player, I, I did like Isaiah Joe. Now, before we get into predictions, is there anything from the Sixers preseason? They went undefeated, undefeated in preseason 4 zero. So I can't imagine anybody has any complaints, but is there anything that you guys have uh, that stood out to you from the Sixers preseason um, the overarching things uh, just bullet point wise uh, might be the way they deployed the backup centers uh, Harold and DeVal Paul uh, how Harden looked uh, which AU I know you wrote some about uh, how Maxi looked which is just remarkable uh, Joel who just stayed healthy I think that mostly he just looked like he was trying to get some cardio in and stay healthy which i think is uh, i was talking to a friend of mine today and i think uh is basically how he looks every preseason like i don't think he shows new things in his game in either of his mvp campaigns it's not like in either preseason it's been like holy shit look at joel it's like no i think that every preseason he's like just i don't want to get hurt and i'm just here to like run up and down the court a few times i don't think he ever shows us anything in preseason which i'm more than pleased with i just you know want to uh you know put him in sort of a phone booth and make sure he's all right um and then you know sort of any any thoughts on role players so au i'll, I'll go to you first so uh you know your thoughts on the backcourt and uh sort of how it worked out with the backup centers and, and anything mm-hmm. else that stood out to you from the from the preseason
1: yeah i mean i i, I think what we're i think what we're seeing from maxi is real i i don't i don't you know obviously the the he's going to play some probably a little bit better than he played the last two games. and Probably not as good as he played the first two games probably for the course of the season. But I think that the main thing, and the only thing that we probably really care about seeing from Tyrese is that the shot is still there and that he's still willing to take it. And he was pulling up like just you know, these quick trigger shots that I thought we were going to have to wait four or five years for him to even attempt, let alone actually make. Uh, and the fact that he's making them and and taking them pretty consistently this early in his career is unbelievably encouraging. He plays really well off Harden that they're finding him open in the corner. Like it, it, it's, it seems like it's going to be a really enormous year for him. Harden, you know, the thing you referenced I wrote about with him, you know, I, I think we were all hoping to see a, a slightly, I don't know, poppier James Harden. I think we were all hoping that like he was going to kind of make some plays and we're go, whoa, like, well, we definitely wouldn't have seen that from him last year. And that flat out just did not happen this preseason. Uh, at least at least athletically like he looks very much like the same guy it was at the end of last year there there was one you know sequence in the the calves game where like two straight drives got stoned by dean wade who was you know not evan mobley out there like it, it, that that's the sort of guy that five years ago harden would have just zipped by or at least sort of over his way use a combination of, of speed and size to get past uh that's just not happening anymore and he still had some good drives and he, he played pretty well I, I don't mean to diminish what he's going to bring to the team this year. Cause I think it's going to be considerable, but it's just, you know, the, 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 the hard end that we were hoping is going to just kind of magically reappear after that, that that glorious three, three months worth of rest, which is just going to be like the founding of youth for him. It, it, that's not happening. We probably shouldn't have expected it to happen in the first place. The one really interesting thing with her. And I think it didn't appear until the last game. I don't even know how much people have talked about this. I didn't really read a lot of like post games from last night's game. And I imagine not that many people were watching in the first place with the Phillies going on at the same time, but he took so many fucking mid-range shots in that game. He was pulling up off the dribble. He was kind of doing these the stop hesitations where he would kind of pull back from the shoot to fade away. Like, it, I, I think I probably, as I tweeted this, I think I saw more mid-range from him in that game last night than I had from him the entire time he was here last season. It's yeah. just, I think he was sort of, he considered the anathema to his game uh, for probably most of his career since he sort of reinvented himself in Houston the first time it was sort of the very, very, very strict, you know, diet of rim free throws and and three pointers and like nothing in between almost on principle. And I think it's definitely a conclusion I came to last year. And it seems like he, and, and maybe the team has kind of come to the same conclusion, which is that if he's going to continue to play as effectively as he ages, he's got to get that, that sort of Chris Paul kind of sweet spot in the middle where, you know, he can kind of pull up for that that sort of off-balance 15-footer and hit it pretty regularly, especially because that's what they're going to be giving him. You know, they don't want to let him get to the rim. They don't want to give him too much space from three. And so he's going to get to that sort of gray area spot, and he's just going to have to pull up. And the fact that he was doing it, I thought was super, super encouraging. You know, he, he's not making it at a particularly high rate yet, and I don't think he will to start the season because it is so antithetical to what he's been doing for the last decade at this point. So it's going to take some time and I hope that he's committed enough to it to stick with it. Cause I could also see him being like, yeah, this doesn't work and I'm just going to go back to the shit that I've been doing all my life. But I think that if if he's going to be, if he's going to have that sort of Chris Paul kind of third wave to his career, that's the part of the game that he's got to really yeah. get comfortable in. And the fact that he's willing to try it is really encouraging. And, and so even though I don't take a lot of like athletic bounce back sort of, I, I, I don't see that in his game. I don't see that coming this season. I do think he's willing to at least explore and try some new things to kind of counteract the fact that he's not the guy he used to be physically, and that's good news. Uh, and the only other thing that I think is worth mentioning, and, and, and we sort of alluded to it already, is just that like the bench is for real. And, and like, like when you go 4-0 in the preseason, you don't go 4-0 in the preseason because your stars are just wiping, wiping the floor with everybody. You go 4-0 in the preseason because your second and third line guys are like better than other teams' second and third line guys. And I think we sort of demonstrated that obviously Harold is going to just feast on on, on backups and, uh, you know, being able to keep one of Tyrese and James out there the entire time is going to be huge. And I think that's the recipe for like a really, really dominant regular season team. I think we all sort of agree that that's probably going to be the Sixers this year in a way that we haven't seen except for maybe – the, the first post-pandemic year, uh, but definitely, like, in a way that, would, that was not something we could rely on last year. It was not something we could rely on in most of the Ben years, and uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch.
0: I love it. Uh, Dan, uh, any uh, other preseason uh, takes or takeaways from you? Uh, no,
2: no, nothing big besides, you know, what what AU brought up. I think that you know maxi continuing to look good with his shot um was huge um and harden taking the mid range was like
1: very (laughs) evident
2: um it they're not really going in but I, i agree i like that he's taking them um i think uh one place i'll disagree is i think his burst looks a little better it doesn't look like prime Harden. Um, it looks Watch closer it. to last year's Harden. You split than... so hard in your <laughs> it, it looks a little bit better. Yeah. He, he, he looks a little a little better.
1: Um, Give me a percentage on that. How would you qualify that? 100%-wise. He
2: looks 10% burstier to me. Okay.
1: Um, I can buy that. There's like a 10% yeah. margin of error there, so I can buy it.
2: <laughs> he looks a little better. I, I think he has still, even in the preseason gone through stretches in these games where he looks bad and i'm hoping that as we go through the season that kind of goes away but i feel like there's stretches where like he will just throw the ball away a couple times in a row um which can be frustrating and i hope i hope that that something happens there i i'm not really expecting it to though i think he might just be kind of like that at this point um yeah, but besides that, like you mentioned, I mean, I I actually really liked playing Harold and Reed together. Um, I feel like it really um, addresses the worries you have with Harold as your primary backup center, which is that like not really a rim protector, not really that tall, could hurt on the glass. Um, you don't really get that when you put him out with put him out there with the ball. Paul, so um, I like that a lot actually, and I think that. You know, Doc has experimented a little bit this preseason in ways he hasn't really before, which is kind of encouraging. I mean, that's basically a two-center lineup, although I think that both of them can kind of switch onto less athletic fours, um, and that's good. Um, but uh, and I guess last thing I'll say is I um, I'm excited about PJ Tucker. I think he is going to be a really helpful player, um, and he just his presence out there is. I, I think it's helpful on defense. It's helpful, you know, you know, rebounding at the at the three, and um, and and just to have a guy who is is really is lights out from the corner, um, and you you see it with like with him and with House and like with all the jokes made, like they really do. Harden looks comfortable with them. Harden looks like he knows where to get him the ball. They know where they have to be for him to be comfortable getting them the ball. Um, obviously it's just the preseason, but I was I was pretty encouraged by that. House's shot wasn't falling. Um, but but Tucker, I mean, will always be very good from the corner. So, um, yeah, I mean, 4-0, you can't complain, right? Good preseason. Emily?
3: Um, yeah, I agree with everything. The other thing I'd say was um, maybe not a good offensive game, but it seems like Matisse has developed some something of an offense, something in the corner. He will take them now um they go in not all the time he had like a kind of good game he went three for five but if he can make them at like a middling clip where people have to like kind of defend it it gives him something on offense that he didn't have last year which makes him like a bit more valuable and a bit less of a liability on the court so.
2: you know i said this in the liberty ballers uh slack which i am occasionally chatting and uh you know i'm not a, a shot doctor by any means um i know matisse put a lot of work into his shot um and minimal and it's dribbling him. and it's dribbling there's a couple of say, videos of him a bumbling around with the ball yeah but yeah. if you say he looks bad you're a bad guy so
0: you it's true watch yourself um guy wants to play some basketball he does All
2: right. um, the uh but so even now like and, and i'm not saying matisse's form doesn't look better or his elbow doesn't look better or anything and i i said this and and you know specifically i i i like to hear what dave early has to say about guy's shots i think he does a really good job of um, kind of taking a look at uh, you know what the form should be what someone's form is Um, there's just something weird in matisse's legs when he shoots i don't know if he's just too wide in his in his with his legs when he shoots the ball but something looks off like even now even now that the arms look better like something looks wrong there and a three for five is great. I mean, I don't expect him to really shoot at an effective percentage. If he could bump it up to like 33% from 30%, that would be great. Um, but, I mean, we've seen him shoot well for some stretches. He started his rookie year. He was like 45% from three at Christmas. Um, but there's just something that looks bizarre
0: there. You know, it's interesting about Matisse, and we'll just have to wait and see, because I don't think that he's in the current nine-man rotation. So. Yeah. No, I don't, I certainly don't mind that in terms of just he has to earn his keep after the way last season ended, um, and especially with the guys that they've added, um, and I do think that the things that he's really good at, he's really good at, and, and he's a luxury right now, but especially if the Sixers still want to trade him, it doesn't help his value to just have him rotting, so uh, they probably want to figure out a way to get him some minutes and, and massage his value in some, in some way, so that'll be interesting to, to watch. Now... We're going to get into Sixers season predictions here. We can go around the horn. We should make a TV show about that. We're going to go around the horn here. Um, We can do, uh, we can do these one by one. First one is breakout Sixers. Uh, Which Sixer will have a breakout season? Um, Now this can't be any of the top three guys. Uh, That would be uh, Joel, Harden and Maxie. And this doesn't have to mean that they have, like, an incredible all-star season. It can just mean in the hearts of Sixers fans that they, you know, sort of gain favor and a, and a big sort of Padillas flotilla fan base uh, type of thing. Um, Emily, uh, this first goes to you, which, which will be your breakout Sixer? And I do trust that our producer, Drew, is tallying these up and will and we'll come up with a winner at the end of the year based on who is correct. He's nodding uh emily
3: um well i was going to say maxi and you took that away from me i sure did so i think that's kind of rude of you um he would be the
0: odds on favor he's off the board
3: well i just he i mean not even in the hearts of sixers fans i think people are like in emily the, i won't the, be arguing
0: at this time we're world. recording
3: gonna take notice of him today this year. <laughs> okay the world um Then I am going to pick, I'm just going off the dome here. I'm not even going to look at anything.
0: (laughs) Um, And I will say it can be a great season. It doesn't have to be a cult hero, but it can be a great season or it can be a cult hero.
3: A cult hero, like a Mike Scott, Eric's level cult hero? Yeah, it
0: can be either or.
3: Okay, then I am going to say, a la Mike Scott, Level cult hero. I'm going to say Montres Harrell. I just think yeah. he's a little saucy. He's going to bring that level of sauce to the team. Philadelphia likes that. Um, and I think his minutes are going to be fun. So I'll say him.
0: Great. Uh, in that vein, I'll say Dan House. I love that guy. I think he's pure chaos and I think he'll have some awful games, but I think even those will be hilarious. Um, I'm way in on him. Um, I think. What he did in the bubble was funny too, uh, if a bit uh, irresponsible, certainly. But um, I think he's, he's, he's great fodder for people online and, and in the stadium. There'll be a lot of. He does a bow and arrow thing when he makes a three. He's great. Um, AU. Uh,
1: I'll go a little off the board here. I'm kind of let uh, old habits die hard and say, Shake Milton. Like, I'm, I'm kind of into. Oh,
2: that was my guy.
1: Sorry, Wait. man. I'm I'm kind of into like running back shake with like the, the 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 really buffed up torso, and he's got like yeah. a little a little kind of plow through with his game now and and yeah. I, he got, it seems to improve his, his around the basket scoop game a little bit uh i'm excited to see that i'm excited to hopefully see him I, this, he's the only sixer i can remember in recent years i actually want to shoot fewer threes uh because <laughs> it's, it, it's, the, the, the delivery is permanently funky he's got that <laughs> bowling ball shot i don't know how it happened but it happened uh, and now I just want to see him plowing through and getting to the line and getting buckets and having smaller guys bounce off him. I'm, I'm kind of excited for the Shake season. Now, I've said that before and, and and gotten my heart broken rather severely and dramatically. So I don't want to put too much stock in that. But uh, yeah, he's he's gonna be my guy for the for this particular category.
0: Uh, contract year Shake, I think too.
1: Uh, yeah, so um, something I, I I was I was guessing on, on the Ricky recently and, and like one so it was like a in show and someone said like Are you worried that Shake's gonna play too well? and like and like demand too high a contract next year oh, I was like my man insane. that is like that is like maybe in the like 260s on my list of warriors for this team next year but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I appreciate looking out
0: yeah we're worried about the max
2: that we have to give shake <laughs> somebody so, is know, i guess Mat- matisse is eligible for the max
0: and it's what king said um <laughs> dan what's your answer on this one?
2: all right my answer was shake milton um but i'll switch it up and uh i'm kind of so we talk about breakout like we're not just saying like it can't just be a new guy who fans love it has to be like they have to play markedly better correct than they have back,
0: back. back that
2: qualifies as well or they either. don't
3: have to play markedly better they could. i mean the i guy think that we
2: like like i mm-hmm. think i think fans are gonna love pj tucker i think he's mm-hmm. gonna get that a works. lot of minutes um I I think that he's of the guys of the guys left. He's the only one I really want to take. I mean, I could go Paul Reed, but I I don't think. I, I, first of all, everyone already loves him, so there's no real improvement in how loved he is there to be had. And uh, I guess not everyone, because Sixers Adam hates him, as we know. Uh, but uh, the uh, the whole like I love Paul Reed. I like how he plays. I want him in the rotation, but like he. and I think he's good, but he's not going to like, even him like getting better is not going to like be in like super noticeable ways. Like he's not going to add like a new move or something. It's just going to be like, he gets a little less like uncoordinated or something like that'll be like Paul Reed getting better. Um, So I'm going to go PJ Tucker. I just think, you know, playing with Harden again, and not that he, I think he was very helpful for the heat last year. I mean, clearly he was and um, you know, I don't, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy looks great for them. I don't mean this as anything against Jimmy, but I think in particular playing with Embiid and Harden, where where Harden drives and, and looks to kick to those corners where he's comfortable and, and you know, he's comfortable playing with Harden and, and where Embiid is going to continually just kind of suck everyone in. Um, I think Tucker becomes a really helpful player. Plus we we need you know, his, I think his defense will be really helpful. His rebounding will be helpful. I think that he's going to patch a lot of holes and get recognition for that. In addition to just being like a scrappy, tough player. So I I think he's going to be really well liked here. I don't know P.J. Tucker.
1: Can I, can I ask you real quick? Are we, are we like 20% worried about him being like a plant inside job type thing sent by Jimmy Butler? I'm not. He's been very demonstrative. Like Jimmy Butler's been like very kind of cartoonishly demonstrative, like "Oh, I'm so mad about that P.J. Tucker leaving me. Like, oh, he'll rue the day. Like, it's it feels a little forced to me, and I I He's wonder if there's something previous going on there. I feel like he wasn't, and
2: I guess like I feel I just feel like he wasn't on the heat long enough. But as mm. I say this, you know, Al Horford was a Celtic for like three years before he came to the Sixers. Yeah, and
1: George Hill on yeah. the Bucks too. Don't like 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 yeah, I, 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 you know, twice bitten, three times shot or whatever. But, but George
2: uh, George Hill. Held- I don't think George Hill was a plant. I think he was just bad.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, was
2: God, I he think was he was just awful, and he, I don't think he's been that helpful on the Bucks either. He hasn't been as a fair bad point. Bad. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, Horf, Horford was a plant for sure. I <laughs> God, I I, I think I, I guess I just feel like the Heat don't care about us no. I don't know. We'll have to We'll have to see. I I hope I'm uh, and and the one the one thing that that makes me hopeful is that like, the Sixers sign out Horford. And Joel was, like, just sad they got rid of Jimmy, sad they got rid of JJ. Like, wasn't asking for them to sign another center. Whereas, like, he was specifically wanting to play with P.J. Mm -hmm.
1: And and I guess uh, Tucker was Harden's guy before he was Butler. So, hopefully, that kind of counteracts there, too. We'll see.
0: All right. Most frustrating Sixer. Um, Who will be the most frustrating Sixer? Dan, you'll get the first pick in this one. Uh, Hmm.
2: I'm going to say James Harden and I don't mean that to say that Harden has a bad year. Um, I drafted Harden in our uh, Liberty Ballers draft, but um, I think just by nature, he is frustrating to a lot of people. And uh, like you mentioned, taking more mid Rangers, not mad about it, but they're not going in. That can be frustrating. Um, He's like kind of getting good looks, not making them that might take some time throughout the season. He's been, you know, prone to some pretty frustrating turnovers um, in his time with the Sixers, and I think that, you know, there are a lot of people still who look at Harden as a guy who can be back to the athlete he was. Um, which even if I think he looks better than last year a little bit, I don't think we'll ever be back to, you know, the level of athlete he was in terms of his quickness and his leaping. And um, I think a lot of people aren't like fully at peace with that. And I think that because of that, Harden could end up being a very frustrating player
0: for some people this year. Emily.
3: Um, I'm going to pick Tobias Harris, just for all the reasons it's been Tobias Harris for the past two years. Um, I still like the guy. I think, you know, he's a nice guy. Um, but he just knows No, we we know <laughs> we're not allowed to call Tobias Harris
2: a nice guy anymore, even if he is it's, it's, it's we don't need to say it. We don't need no, to say
3: it. I do every time. I need to defend him every time. Um, but he doesn't do the things he needs to do well enough most of the time. So and I think it's gonna continue to frustrate people to no end. So
1: hey you yeah, do, do you see that Tobias scored Tobias scored one point in last night's game? Uh it's a good so, bit uh yeah i so said the, the real answers here are james tobias and doc rivers who i think is going to be in very pure like year three like everything is his fault like Sorry. and the shots don't go in it's his fault like Sorry. joel's a bad night doc's fault for playing him too much you know it's are it, it, just gonna be in pure blame doc mode for 82 games this regular season i'm gonna go with Montrez harrell who i think sixers fans are going to love and then sixers fans are going to hate I think it's going to be a very dramatic swing from one to the other, possibly towards the end of the season, definitely in the playoffs. And it's going to be the sort of thing where the bad is going to outweigh the good. And we're going to be left from the, I think we're going to enjoy the Montrezl Harrell experience for a while. And then we're going to forget we ever liked him and even, even like a little bit, I think it's going to be that bad. So we'll we'll see about that. I, I, I certainly have enjoyed him so far. I certainly enjoyed him from, from, from afar for a number of years before this one. But I just think that's going to go south, and when it goes south, it is not coming back. You know,
0: left without any of the, you know, good choices. I'll say George Niang. Um, <laughs> you know, he only shoots; he doesn't do anything else. And if you're only, as we saw with Covington, if you're only standing, you can and also shooting, guard
3: Ben Simmons. You can do that. I, yeah, I mean <laughs>
0: And you Uh but if you're only doing that and you go cold, it can really make you the target of some ire from fans. Um and it's like George, he's doing a fucking weekly podcast. George, cut it out. Oh, podcasting. That's never that's never a good thing. Shut the fuck up on the podcast <laughs> and make a few <laughs> shots. I, I could see some fans getting angry. I know that fans hate us when we're not making shots and we keep podcasting. It's it's a problem. So fans okay. hate us like all the us constantly. That's right.
2: Should we do a jump shot reveal?
0: A jump? We should do a jump shot reveal. We can play that psycho in basketball and, <laughs> and he can there you go. I think it's a great idea. We can Emily, are you down? You film yourself taking jump shots?
1: Sure. Why not? Jordy
0: can come in and hand you another microphone and then film you taking jump shots. I think it's <laughs> great. <laughs> All right. Um story give me a storyline that's going to emerge. Um, now, this can be anything. This is a sort of uh, anything that can that can come up. Uh, is somebody going to punch somebody at practice? Um, is somebody going to sleep with somebody on the team? Um, anything that you can think of. Um, Dan, uh, you're raising your hand. Go ahead. I'm not. <laughs> Dan, go ahead and... Uh, Give me anything, any kind of uh, hidden storyline that might uh, emerge this year uh, before we get to our final prediction and mercifully release AU to enjoy his night.
2: All right, let's see. Uh... All right, I think we heard some whispers about it this summer uh, from that agent. And uh, I think Tobias Harris gets unhappy with his offensive role on the team that'll be my storyline I think maybe we don't hear it right away directly maybe we don't hear it mid-season but I think you know we see maybe some missed shots some some weird timing going on with his offensive flow and then you know we hear later on that he was just really frustrated that he just didn't get the ball more, didn't get more offensive opportunities, didn't get more isos and opportunities to run into, you know, the elbow where Joel already is and attempt to contested by two players pull up jumper. Um, And I think that you maybe hear that, I think that maybe plays out during the season and you end up hearing it if the postseason doesn't go well again, as it never has. Then you maybe hear it, you know, with Tobias coming up with just like onto an expiring next summer, where he becomes a lot more tradable. You kind of start to hear this kind of uh, unhappy wants to be somewhere else, and the Sixers could maybe actually get something for him, and you know, him in a bad contract, and maybe something actually of value. Um, and I think I think that that is maybe a storyline I can see happening. Uh, would be. Would, would would be bad, would not be a happy one, but I think we're talking bad storylines here, right? So that's what I could see being realistic.
0: I think that Brian Calangelo will emerge and do the Joe Rogan podcast. And <laughs> he's going to just be doing DMT and just going nuts and naming names. And it'll be a gigantic story and he'll be lots of lies but he'll be really outing people who still remain with the Sixers and it'll be like a giant crisis within the team so that's what I got um AU
1: uh I'll give two I guess the one that I think is maybe more likely is that we get some sort of like is James Harden a bad influence on Tyrese Maxey type narrative like Maybe one night where like there's lots of like Instagram videos of the two of them out together. And maybe Tyrese has a bad game the next day, and like oh, is he learning the wrong habits from Harden? All, all that nonsense. Maybe, <laughs> we do that. We do the circuit there for a week or two. Uh, the one that I'm more interested in, which I don't think is going to happen, because I think the Sixers are going to get off to a pretty good start and kind of play steady all season. But if they start off like nine and eight, seven and seven, like that sort of thing, I think we could get like a month into the season and Doc Rivers is just fired. I, I think, I think we're going to have a really quick trigger yeah. there. Uh, More, he's done it before where where Kevin McHale was like coming off like a, like a much better playoff performance than Doc Rivers just had. And then like, he saw like a couple weeks in the season just wasn't happening and just gone. I, I, I could see that kind of, like I could see him kind of assuming scapegoating duties for the team. Uh, if they start slow, I don't think it's going to happen, but if it does happen, I could see that being how the, the fallout kind of materializes.
3: emily um i'm gonna say there's going to be like a real tyrese maxi all-star game push at mid-season you know how there's always like a there was tobias was it last year two years ago he had a really good season going into the all-star break i think we're gonna see that with two years yeah whichever
2: yeah and ben made Um, the all-star team that year yeah horrendously.
3: And then my other one that is more scandalous is I think that at some point the Sixers are going to be brought up in the Imayudoka narrative somehow, some way.
0: Wow. Huge. Whoa. Like he like he I
3: don't know. <laughs> we don't know, but I'm just waiting for it. Whoa. I love it. You think you um, just started this kind of activity in Boston?
0: Oh, you're right. I totally forgot. Oh, my God. Do you think he got involved with Red Panda? No. (laughs) There's no way. Okay, let me not. Let's not post any pictures, everyone. All right. Um, Finally, uh, give me the Sixers seed this year and how the Sixers season will end. Emily, you're up.
3: Um, They're going to be the two seed. And finally, I make it to the Eastern Conference Finals.
0: And that's where it ends.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay. AU. Um, hey,
1: uh, one seed you lose in the second round.
0: I like the first part. I hate the second part. <laughs> Dan.
2: 53 wins, even though Ooh. no one it is. Not part of the question, but okay. <laughs> Two seed. NBA Finals. 50-50 on if they win
3: and the oh. optimist
1: here tonight wow okay. Nah, you gotta I'm pick the you gotta Everywhere. pick Every-
3: you were never the optimist.
2: fine fuck it they win and you know what i am i am the optimist and i always am too high on the sixers and the only year i wasn't it was because i hated ben and guess who was fucking right so <laughs> i don't want to hear about how it, the first full year we did this pod is because i knew ben was dog shit and I knew he was gonna drag him down. And I was right. Never thinks I'm a pessimist ever since. Even though every other season I'm like, oh, Sixers are gonna win 60 games. the <laughs> finals. And they never do. I'm always too high on this team. That was tremendous.
0: I have uh, two seed uh, win the East, losing the finals. Uh, that's what I've got. Uh, AU, we are now gonna bug you uh, before you go, if you have time, with one music question each. Uh, we do this every time you're on the podcast. Uh, If you'll humor us, if that's all right. Love it. Let's do it. Great. Dan, go ahead.
2: All right. Midnight's is coming out.
3: Damn it, Dan.
1: Sorry, Emily. Who's that album
3: by?
1: (laughs) Midnight's, I'm not familiar with with any album coming out by that (laughs) time.
2: So Taylor Swift's new album is coming out about a week from today. And I want to know your prediction for how many from 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 Billboard here, how many top ten songs do we get from the
1: album? I'll, I, I, so she doesn't usually like like uh, you know Drake when he releases a new album. When he when he released a Certified Lover Boy, he literally took up nine of the top ten spots, which I was never been done before. And what? I don't. I don't. Yeah, I it's, it, 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 it was absolutely <laughs> insane. Uh, it's it's not good. Don't listen to it, please. Uh, but. Uh, this album will probably be better than that. She's never quite bombed the Hot 100 in the same way, but she does usually debut with at least one number one or at least usually, well, at least, can't have more than one number one on the, on the, on the yeah. debut, but uh, she, she, she's, she's had a number one debut the last two albums. She's had at least one other top 10, I think, both times. So definitely uh, definitely off of, uh, off of folklore. I'll, I'll say, she's trending up, I'll, 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 I'll say four top okay. 10 hits, I think would be the over under. And like, you, you, even if you said the over on that, I wouldn't be shocked. Sure. But I think I think four is a good uh, good baseline there.
3: Cool, Emily. Um, since Stan talked talked about Taylor already, um, can you give me any like up and coming country artists that I should be like paying country attention artists. to or watching?
1: Okay, uh, well, I, I don't know how like up. Uh, so, like like Zach Bryan is like one of the biggest names in country this year. I don't know how, if he, if he's still considered up and coming. He's awesome. He's, he's a little bit kind of on the borderline of rock and country, uh, but he's he has one of the bigger breakout of the year breakout songs of the year called Something in the Orange. And he has like a 30 track album called American Heartbreak. 30 tracks is too many. Don't make 30 track albums, please. Uh, unless you're going to make them like totally crazy. And every song is wildly different than the last one, which is not the case with this album. Uh, but he's a super good songwriter. Uh, some of the songs really kind of really kind of rip uh i i think it's i think he's he's really really promising he's going to be one of the next big things uh beyond him i don't know how, uh, there, there, there have been artists i've heard like one song by that i think is kind of cool uh god i don't look up her name i think her name is uh either cassie or casey ashton she has a song called dates and pickup trucks which is probably one of the it's, it's it's like an r&b slash country song it's one of the coolest songs i've heard this year uh yeah yeah, it's K- Kat, yeah I, I I don't know how to pronounce it but the first name is spelled K A S S I Ashton uh, and that song is, is a jam I think you'll like it so I would definitely check that out. Cool.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, A, I am uh, betrothed. I am getting married. Hey, congratulations! Thank you very much. I got your flowers. Uh, <laughs> I, part of our process here is to uh, yeah we're getting banned and we're gonna have to give them songs. Uh, do you have uh, favorite uh, first dance songs or just wedding songs throughout the night uh, that you like to uh, hear when you're mm-hmm. at a wedding?
1: I used to have a good answer to the second part of this question. I mean, the, the answer to the first part of this question is always just do, do something distinctive to the two of you. Don't, don't take anybody else's advice on like, what a sure. good first dance song should be. Like right. The best first dance song I ever heard was my high school friend, Lewis and his uh, fiance, his future to be wife, uh, picked Simon and Garfunkel's At The Zoo, which mm. I am very confident has never been chosen by any other couple in the history of first dances because it makes no sense as a first dance, either musically or thematically. But it was great because it was the two of them and they had a great That's time great. dancing to it and everyone was super happy. Yeah. So I, I definitely encourage you to just go as personal and as specific as you possibly can with that and, and fuck what right. everybody else says uh in terms of songs i like to hear out I, I think you can be pretty traditional at weddings uh, i i mean i am definitely like a uh like oh cool i wouldn't have expected the song kind of guy in general but at weddings i i think you don't really want to rock the boat too much
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: unless it's with the song rock the boat by the hughes corporation which course, is a classic disco yes. anthem uh and, and and certainly we welcome at any wedding that i was attending uh yeah dua lipa bruno mars that sort of stuff so always a good call uh in terms of 80s stuff uh uh you know certain synth pops i try to think uh jesse's girl by uh by rick springfield sure. is, is a really underrated one uh in excesses needs you tonight i don't think it gets as much wedding play as it should maybe it's just a little little sexual uh but that's a great song um and you know motown certainly can't go wrong with that uh and yeah. it, get get a good variety of decades so every generation gets something that they can dance to i think is is, is also key uh but yeah again i think have a, a couple songs that are specific to, to you and your betrothed, but generally to keep it to the crowd pleasers everyone will be happy no, no, no one no, no one really goes like expecting deep cuts at a wedding and i think that's probably for the best
0: perfect au can't thank you enough for uh joining us once again i'm sure uh we'll be uh, bothering you to come on again uh it's always so much fun when you join us uh you're on twitter at Hey, you get off my gold. I obviously can read you at billboard and RTRS. Uh, Is there anything else that you'd like to plug uh, at the moment?
1: No, not particularly. Uh, Again, thank you guys so much for having me on. It's it's an honor to be kind of one of the go-to's here and it's an honor to get to kick off the season with y'all and, uh, it's, it's always it's always a really good time, and I, I love that you get that, that I get these music questions at the end of it, which uh, I, I'm curious if anyone actually listens to. But uh, I, I appreciate the chance to to kind of cross worlds like that a little bit. So thank course, you for that. Yeah, and yeah anytime. Great seeing Thanks, you, buddy. and uh, we'll check
0: in with you uh, very soon, I'm sure. Absolutely. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Go, fills Go, fills All right, so uh, we are going to take an ad break, and then um, everybody is very excited waiting with bated breath, but uh, we are going to get on to the official gastro blues handsome rankings uh, right after this ad break Uh, so here's the ad right here. All right, now, what do you think? Do we have time for this other thing or no? Do we go right into the answers. We talked about it for t- just mention it happened. Like- All right. Something that happened in, in between uh, us changing our days here was that Draymond Green punched the ever loving shit out of Jordan Poole. I've never, like, in real life, I've seen this, but an athlete punching. The lights out of another athlete at practice it's just like unbelievable he's not going to be suspended at all he's going to Cheap
2: shot at him too
0: i mean Poole did not want any part of this he's not like i'm sure that they were talking a little bit back and forth and they were but like he just sort of shoved him to get him out of his personal space and then Draymond just cleaned his clock it was it was just insane so i you know there's just I don't know how much there is to say about this, but like how much do you think this is going to affect their season? Uh, either of you? We won't spend
3: Probably a lot of time on this, because we're
0: gonna. You think? Yeah, right.
2: I don't know. They've won
0: four times. I feel like. We'll be fine.
3: It's not because the it other was thing like Clay and Steph fighting.
0: Like. The other thing they have hanging over them is this big Draymond contract because he wants a giant contract and I don't think the Warriors want to give it to him. But I mean, as a one, I don't last, think anyone thing. wants to give that to him though. Mm-hmm. Like some team that thinks they can win a title would would that like needs I don't know that's a good
2: point I don't know it all comes down to honestly I think it comes down because they're so far above the apron at this point they're so far into the tax like I I think it all comes like because the Mm. Warriors have been playing paying record tax bills for years like yeah I think it comes down to how much the owners want to spend to to keep it together yeah how much they think you know Draymond's gonna be worth that kind of money just for their own investment because for cap reasons it it like barely matters right like doesn't even i mean you have like when they first started winning and they were able to get kd when the you know when they all the 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 cap was going up and you know steph was on a 10 million dollar contract like that's not the case anymore right like yes you know wiggins is still making a ton of money and you know and 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 steph is on what like he's making like you know getting close to 50 million dollars at this point like this is not the you know you know fig- figure out a cat move warriors this is like you keep dream on or you don't but at this point it's a financial decision for for the owner. so
0: yeah i mean the next thing i saw was like house of highlights being like jordan pool scored 15 points i was like jordan, jordan Poole's dead what are you talking about jordan pool
3: he's <laughs> on the, he the fucking Poole. ground
0: he was fine he was like he looked totally fine i was like i don't know how it's happening but uh that was wild I would like that to not happen for the Sixers, please. Um, okay, so huge moment every year we do this. What happens is, Emily, you can actually, why don't I go to you, but can I make a request of Drew? Um, Drew, when we get to our top 10 here, can you put the gentleman's name? I think it's a little mean to do it for the bottom row of this, but can you put <laughs> the gentleman's names for the top 10 um, on the screen? Is that something we can do? Thumbs up from Drew. All systems go. You add, you em- say is
2: that something we can do? That's probably like the most basic thing, but Drew it's probably true. can do more than it's that. True. Very hard work. Um, <laughs> that
0: would probably take like three seconds.
2: Writing yeah, names. Got to make sure they're make spelled choice. correctly. Make
0: All right. Um, so Emily, take take uh take the folks through how this how we do this and how it's gonna unfurl here.
3: Yeah. So it's really a highly scientific process where <laughs> Dan and Steve. Send me secret ballots of ranking their most handsome Sixers, and then I also rank my most handsome Sixers, and then I put it in a fancy spreadsheet algorithm, and we figure out our aggregate most handsome Sixers.
2: This is it's 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 like uh, it's like box plus minus, but for handsomeness.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's really it's a, it's an advanced stat here. I think I think Jokic could win MVP based on this metric.
0: That glow would be like, I don't need your warps and schnorps to figure out your, you know,
3: whatever. <laughs> saying um, awesome. We okay. should come up with an acronym for this. Like Oh, uh, it's a
0: great point. Oh, like uh Like, a, a thing. like, like Mike was Michael Connor was. What was Michael O'Connor's Yeah, uh, horsecock. Horsecock, yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
3: we need one.
0: Um we do need one. Oh, okay. We have to figure that out. We'll that'll be, be next year we'll have one. Yeah. Yeah. Um now we need to acknowledge, as we mentioned at the top of the podcast um we originally ranked two sixers that since we ranked them were um had to be removed from the list in shame uh, they Charles were both before i got mine in because yeah I, dan I they got them were. At like Is 130 dan? today so i just
3: removed them from your list Steve, and oh, emily, everyone.
0: Ha- emily had you ranked them
3: um no i did mine at like eight thirty tonight
0: <laughs> okay oh, okay so I, I was the only one that ranked them no where did i rank
3: from the desk of steve litman you
0: know i would
2: have sent
3: me
0: emily I send just you sends
3: it. it to me in a text he's like whatever
0: emily i send it to you How so officially.
3: You it, steve, i, I know it's it a secret email. ballot you
0: sent it in an email i sent it in an email it says Why? ballot sealed it says ballot what? sealed steve Letman official 2022, 2022 2023. do you not feel comfortable texting emily <laughs> no it has to be official
2: I answers. text Emily constantly every time I had a Sixers game. Emily, what, se- what section are the milkshakes at?
3: Where are the milkshakes.
2: That's
0: what <laughs> texting. And, then, and then it says from the desk of Steve Lipman. and then it's the rankings in descending mm-hmm. order. So, just so everyone knows, Charles Bassey was 16th, and he probably requested his release because he knew this was coming. And Isaiah Joe, I had eighth. So eighth? What's wrong with you? That's high. It's a man. That's what I'm saying. That's low.
2: There's a
3: lot of handsome Sixers this year. Yeah, it's come like on, very... all right.
0: Come on, all
2: right. All right.
3: No. Let's hear
0: it. Let's no hear further it. ado. So we have 16 Sixers here because yes. we count some. We count the two two ways. Yeah. Julian Champani and uh, Charlie Brown Jr. To mm-hmm. Charles?
3: Okay, so Charlie Office coming in at 16. I my fucking
0: back about it.
3: Ooh. I know
0: we're competing. I, but I guess we're not competing.
2: It's Steve's bedtime. Steve's usually sleep by like seven thirty. It's my right bedtime. Oh,
0: we really are back in the season here. <laughs> <laughs> All
3: right, are you guys ready? You yes. Done? Let's do it. All right, number sixteen, newcomer to the Sixers in the list is a tough entry spot, Montrez Harrell.
0: <gasps> okay. Mm-hmm.
3: So then at 15 maybe a shock maybe not we've got James Harden
0: so so far I have I had both of those guys ranked higher than this
2: I had them both ranked slightly higher not much higher
0: Oh, so Emily really had these guys low
2: I mean I had Harold 15 so
0: yeah I had Harold 15 too
2: but my 16 hasn't been said yet Hmm.
3: oh yeah
0: my dead last and my second to dead last have not been said.
3: Wait, what is this?
0: She doesn't, she, she.
2: Do I have to verify the, the voting? No, 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 we trust that. Is this a, is
0: this a Moonlight La La Land situation? <laughs> no,
3: but I fixed it. Hold on. I, coming in at 14, we have Julian Champany.:
0: Okay, he was my dead last. It was not mine. Mine. I had him at uh, eleven. Not
2: a a handsome. No, I had him at twelve.
3: So then we have a tie for thirteenth and twelfth between Jaden Springer and Daniel Hosh Jr.
0: I had House Jr. last.
3: Oh, what? Yeah, that was that was a rough call by Dan. What did you have him? Fourteen.
0: What do you mean? You're two spots higher than me.
3: <laughs> wait, maybe. Yeah, fourteen. I'm the first column, Steve second column, dance third column. Okay. Um, all right. Number. Oh wait, hold on. Eleven. Number eleven. Yep.
0: If you're scoring at home, we are up to number eleven, and then we're getting these guys up on the board here.
3: <laughs> okay, number eleven. Uh, George Niang.
0: Okay, that's low. All right, now we are getting into our top 10. Drew, get on it, pal. all right
3: Number 10. <laughs> I right, have one sec. Oh, one sec. Right,
2: I'm, I'm getting good. You, this was no, there we're ready. You just had to give me one. Oh, oh,
3: look at him go. here we go. All right, coming in at number 10. Friend of the podcast and Capri Sun lover, Paul Reed. Mm. Okay.
2: Handsome guy. No qualms.
3: Coming in at number nine with his debut on the list, PJ Tucker.
0: Okay. So far, these are pretty good. I don't have any issues here.
3: Coming in at number eight. This one was probably our widest, like, range of choices. Number eight, Charlie Brown Jr.
0: Mm, I had him four. All right. So I think we should probably pause here and talk about this. Um, so Dan, you had him four. Yeah. I, I really, really think he's handsome. Now, so Charlie Brown, I think he's really good. Looking. Now, Emily, you must have had him, well, you must have had him fairly low. I, I had him, had him about- exactly sixth. I had him sixth.
3: I had him 13.
0: Ooh. Now, what's right. your issue with him?
3: We only have an issue with him. <laughs> <laughs> I just think other people are more handsome.
0: Hmm. Okay, but what doesn't do it for you with him? Because I think he's I a think... little skinny. Ooh, we like some meat on the <laughs> Okay, all right. All right. Well, that's up to you. All right, keep it going. What are we got at 7?
3: <laughs> okay. Next, number 7, uh, Furcon Cork Moss.
0: Oh. Okay, I had him a nine. I had
3: him three. Oh, three. I had him nine.
0: You had him nine. Okay. Three is so high.
3: He's a handsome guy,
2: you know. And you know, you guys should feel like this is a win. I had him ranked above George Niang this year. So.
0: Um, I also had him ranked above George Niang. Oh, but- Wait. Oh boy, we're coming up on a real surprise here because I also had him ranked above George Niang. But Emily must have had Niang way up there. Whoa, me and Emily flip flopped on the Furcon Niang debate,
3: huh? We already said Niang, though.
2: When? Oh, yeah, we did. You're right.
3: He's below. Come on, Steve. Again. Get with me.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. He was 11.
3: All right. Yeah, he's 11. So, number six, Matisse Thiebel.
0: Okay. That's where I had him.
3: I feel like it's a solid entry point for him.
0: Listen, uh, got to pause here because. Uh fans will know he won last year. Um Not,
2: I, I didn't have him at number one.
0: I know you're proud of that. Um I, I will just say when we do these rankings, we don't do these rankings with our um you know Pfizer shots, okay, Dan. We do these with our libidos, okay? We do these
2: I got modernists
0: with, with I don't care. We do these with our, you know, with what we've got inside us, with what drives us, all right? You know, it's about attraction here, Dan, okay? But I will say it was hard to separate Matisse's behavior at the end of last year from his handsome rank, you know? Cause he's still a gorgeous man. And I docked him a place or two when I ranked him fifth.
3: Emily, where'd yeah. you rank Matisse? I ranked him sixth.
0: Me too. Okay, wow. sixth he is.
3: I think some people have taken a significant handsome jump this off season, and yeah. then there's been some new entries into the into the category. So
0: it's true. All right, who do we got at five?
3: Um, number five with our highest debut, the De Anthony Melton.
0: Mm. I had him I had four. Eight.
3: Me too. I had him four too. I think eight is too low for him.
0: Oh, definitely. He's really he's, handsome. He's very good looking. Yeah i, I, was I showed him to match. jordy
3: today when i was doing this and he was like oh he is good looking
0: yeah no you you don't think it but but he is yeah give him another look if you're listening at home
3: close so, the shades no. yeah. number four this is shocking to me i don't know what you guys were doing um number four tobias harris
2: i had him seven item seven
3: yeah that's wild
2: no that's where that's proper no yes
3: He's you, so good right, looking.
2: You have been so high on Tobias. He's so over.
3: handsome. We
2: can't keep rehashing this debate. We're just going to have to agree Emily, to disagree on Tobias. Emily. Seventh is handsome. He's. I didn't say he's ugly.
0: Listen. I had
2: him seventh. That's top half of the team. He's, I had a number two. two. I know. You do this every year. We have the same. He's stuff. so
3: handsome.
2: All right. Awesome. We're in the top. All right. So just to, just to, just to get it out he, there here. Our top three in some order is Tyrese Maxie, Shake Melton, Joelney.
0: Yes. Okay. Let's hear it. Listen, hang on. Give me a second. uh, Tobias is handsome. He's very handsome. But is he gonna rock you? You know, is he gonna, is he, I don't know. He's stinking. He
3: might take me to a nice dinner and watch Netflix (laughs) with me. You
2: know. What is happening? This is about handsomeness. None of these players are like, what is going on? <laughs> Dan is like on another planet. Like, what? Are, Steve, what is your criteria? Well,
0: you know, I, 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 you know, I'm trying to. All, right, mean, all right, right, all right, You know, all right. Let's go to the top three. I will say, I don't know the order yet, but I got the top three right. Oh, you, you did. Have...
2: You're
3: the only one.
0: I had one, oh.
2: two, and these guys are one, two, and
0: five for me.
3: One, three, and five for me.
0: And who are you missing from your top three? Shake. I had him five. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm saying um who who uh from your top three is not there? Vircon is three. Oh Vircon, right. Okay. Then mm-hmm. Emily doesn't have to bias. Okay. Yeah. Who's three?
3: Number three is Shake Milton.
0: Okay. I had him two. I think he's really good looking know you I, had him. Him. I know I had him really high last year too I think he's so good but yeah pretty I ghost
2: just
3: like he's a I pretty just, ghost I think to buy like just a poll who is more handsome shake milner tobias harris I think oh. you we piece.
0: can run that poll well we'll run the poll shakes in a way
3: I don't think we so can
0: run that uh guarantee it we'll see. run that poll we'll I'll do it that we'll see.
3: <laughs> run that poll right now I'll
0: run that poll right now <laughs> wait Dan, can you do it from the gastro feed I'll retweet it all right. All right. <laughs> Retweet it right. for everybody, ballers. Wait, can number I do, two. That do we Liberty know how Baller. to do that? Or is It's Ballers gonna get mad at us. If we I don't
2: know. Do well, they never get mad. You know, we used to. I can do it. I can do it. Focus. I focus on the okay. on all whatever. Right. You do. All, all right. Cheers on, on. on it. Cheers on it. All
3: right. Number two, uh, reigning MVP in our hearts, Joel Embiid. All right.
2: So number one is Tyrese.
3: Tyrese, we all had him number one.
0: Okay. Yeah. Listen, he re- he bulked up this offseason. He's i think he's far and
2: away
3: million watt smile i love
0: that i love that drew is like our ernie
2: johnson at this point like we're just like oh yeah like we're arguing between like number four and number three on the list and like talking about sending a twitter poll off and drew's like
0: please just finish the episode drew's like back to the game (laughs) all right well that's it it. that's That's the, the top 10 that's the episode um i will say dan didn't you have Tyrese number one last year too
2: I had Isaiah Joe number one last. Oh, you yeah, wow. had Joe number one. All right. I had listen. Yeah. yeah, but we all had Tyrese one this year. Emily said so. Well deserved.
3: Consensus number one pick. Congratulations, Tyrese Maxey. Come on the podcast. Collector your award.
0: Mm. <laughs> That's right. We've got right. the award. It is uh, what? We can do another release recovery shirt, right? Um, <laughs> Just that was it. Tyrese. Um, this is a lot of fun. This is a good episode. The season is upon us. Go Sixers! Thank you again to AU. Thank you to Drew for all your help. Um, this was uh, this was great, and I'm excited for the year. Um, and uh, yeah, follow Third and Girl, uh, Gastro Blues Pod, D.A. Pels 13, Steve J Lippman. Go Sixers! Uh, we'll be back when. Oh, I guess after the Bucks game uh, from tonight.
2: Yeah, after home opener. Opening oh, time.
0: we're are, on. A... Are you guys going to that?
3: I am, so I probably won't be on after.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're on
2: review duty that night. But um, we're on review duty. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I might
0: be going. What the fuck is going on here?
3: Steve will just tell you how he felt watching. Well, you guys, phones. we can
0: do it after you guys get home. If you, how far are you from the stadium?
2: Well, I'm closer than Emily because Emily's in the suburbs now. I mean, for me, it's like a like a ten, twelve minute subway ride. So yeah, yeah. You can be south. shit hammered by the time you get home. Me? I don't drink. <laughs> okay, it's
3: true. Are you drinking wine right now?
2: <laughs> well, it depends if you're watching this on YouTube or listening <laughs> on
0: Spotify. Speaking <laughs> of that, uh, the YouTube is the Gastro Blues podcast, a Sixers podcast, something like that. Uh, give us a, a review there. We're going to be doing a lot of fun stuff this season. Uh, we're, we're back in full force folks. Um, that's it. Be safe and be great. We love you. We'll talk to you next week.